This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 749, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you who are washing their hands, wearing their masks, and being cool. Super cool. Fanboy Pick of the Week, episode 749. I'm Connor Kilpatrick. This is my co-host, Josh Lanigan. Yeehaw! And we are iFanboy. Every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks one they like the best. We call it the Pick of the Week. We talk about that book, other books from the week, patron pick. Probably skip listener mail this week because there's a lot of books and we're doing all mail next week. So either way, no matter what we choose to do this week, it'll be fun. At least for us. I mean, that's really all we can ask. Can't guarantee your fun. We can guarantee ours, though. Usually, you know, moves I mean, out. That that might be uh, overstating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a duty. You, you have to try <laughs> to make it fun. You know what I mean? Sure. It's like we're not. We are trying. I got. I gotta go to work. I may as well make an effort to have it not suck. <laughs> Here's can I, warning. Can I tell you yep. something? So uh-huh. we have we have my children are here in this house. We also have a third child here in this house, and I have a habit of walking around and going. Oh fuck! Just <laughs> randomly, and then uh-huh. my wife has been like, "You need to stop doing that." And I was like, "All right, all right, all right." And I walked into my room just like, "Ah oh, fuck! All right, gotta stop, gotta stop. I can't, I can't stop." Uh, oh boy! All right, well, <laughs> spoilers. Spoiler warning: Josh is ruining the children of his town. Uh, all right, or I'm making them better. <laughs> and it's a review show, so there'll be some spoilers in the show if you can't. Uh... If you can't help yourself, use the show notes. If you can't handle it, use Josh, our show notes will be your crutch. Yeah, you had the pick of the week, Josh. I did have the pick of the week. Okay. Um, it was a smallish yet not bad week of comics. Yet interesting. Okay. Yet I had a lot. I I mean it, smallish like it wasn't. I think last week it was a lot, lot. So it, it was, wasn't. It wasn't overwhelming, but it was. I had a good number mm-hmm. and. Um, I thought a good week. I had a, yes. I would have had a really hard time picking, making the pick. Well, that was the thing is I didn't really have a standout uh, in that way. There was a bunch that I could have made an argument for. Um, and the pick of the week is Iron Man number one. That was weird for me even saying it. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't, it wasn't a thing where I'm like, this book was amazing. It, you know, it, everything it looked at these cool technical things and it blew my mind. But, what it did was give me an Iron Man, a Tony Stark, uh, that was not the movie character, and it was a sort of fully formed character. Of, it wasn't Robert Downey Jr. It was a fully formed character on his own for the first time in a really long time. And even if I don't love all of the plot things that happened, um, I thought the characterization in it was, was really great, and I really liked what Christopher Cantwell, the writer, was trying to do. Art by Cafu. Uh, colored by Frank Darmada, and of course, letters by Big Joey C of Jersey. Um, I, I, interesting. So, first of all, Joe Christopher Cantwell, showrunner of Halt Catch Fire, one of our favorite shows, mm-hmm. as well as the upcoming Paper Girls. Um, I thought this book was weird in a really interesting way. Yes. Like, I, I finished it and I was like, wow, that was, 
that's that's a new take on Iron Man, kind of, and I liked it. I didn't I like I didn't love everything single thing about it. I still find comics that use social media annoying. Yes, but after it was over, I was like, that was fun in a weird way. Yeah, it's actually really similar. I think how that that Doom book was kind of at first. It I was, looked forward to more. Yeah. No, and I had the same thing. I saw the little social media bits, and I was like, "Uh." But then he quit, and I was like, "All right, you know what? I can buy that." You're like, "This is this is the shit at the beginning," and then you know, like he's like, "You know what? I I can't deal with this," and I was like, "I can't either." And I really, I really, I went back and I sort of looked through it, and I was like, "Is he really not doing Robert Downey Jr. here?" And he wasn't. He was doing a character who I recognized as a Tony Stark, who was you know distinguishable from other Marvel characters as opposed to, uh, I know it's a fictional character, but I'm going to say this, this uh, um, caricature of this mm-hmm. idea of Tony Stark. And, you know, it, it's it's pretty much right along the lines of every, I've read I've read the version of this story. He's he's given up. Uh, he doesn't want to do it, so he sells all of his shares uh, and he goes to do a different thing. I've read that. I've probably read that twice in the last 10 years. But, I don't know. There was something a little more fun about it uh, for me, and interesting. It was really interesting. And there's always one of the superhero girls that shows up, you know, and <laughs> and you know she's she's keeping him. She's like, no, no, we're we're friends here. That's all, you know. And so you've you've cut that off right away. Hopefully, you know, if we're good, um, you know, he's street racing in his yeah, car in which, Amsterdam, like it, it's, not even a country. So like, so Tony sells all of this. Shares and makes like sixty billion dollars, and then moves to New York City, mm-hmm. and starts drag racing down Amsterdam Avenue, which I don't think is possible, but that's fine. It's a comic book. I'll let yeah. it go. I grew up between Broadway and Amsterdam, so I have a, some sort of knowledge of it. Now that was a long time ago, but um, don't think you can drag race down there. But that's fine. Um, a lot of cars in here. Kafu got to draw a lot of cars. Yeah, and I, I like that. And they were like, they're, they're like, let's just use old uh, um, muscle cars, which, <laughs> you know, th- not the greatest corners, but whatever, he's drag racing. You know, like there's a lot of stuff that if handled by a less capable storyteller uh, would have been very also ranny. But maybe just as a contrast to what Iron Man has been for such a long time, I found it refreshing because it's a character that I do really like, but it's become, you know, again, this sounds stupid. It's like a little bit of a parody of himself. Like people go into autopilot when they write this character because they just go, oh, well, you know, and you can get away with that when you're Robert Downey Jr. because you're Robert Downey Mm -hmm. Jr., but I don't think you can get away with it nearly as well if you're, you know, Dan Slott or whoever. Yeah. The the only, here's a, here's a, so I liked an idea, but I didn't like the execution so much is the idea was that he went back and made Iron Man armor that was more like his old Iron Man armor, and I was like, just make it the old Iron Man armor. <laughs> it's close. It's, it's close. It was totally closer, but it, it sounded like what they were referring to in the text was the old Iron Man armor, the sort of 80s, uh, you know. No, he, he, it's upgraded. I know that, but like visually, they could have gotten it closer instead of that fucking glowy shit. You know, like they were very close to doing that. That seems like they were referring to, and it's definitely more influenced by that. You it's know, like they took the classic suit that we, you and I love the most and they the, combined the it with Secret the super, super mecha, you know, modern version of Iron Man, and they sort of squished them together. So it's in the, the, the design, mm-hmm. other than all the 
glowy bits, as you said, is the old one, but they it's like underlying yeah. mecha. It's like there's which it's like there's yellow plates on him that recall the old Iron Man suit. Yes, which does make I, sense. I like it though. No, no, I it's like good. It. It's the right direction, and it's it's also fair to say like the the way that they used to draw it, where it just looked like everybody else's form fitting suit. That doesn't mm-hmm. make sense at all. Uh, and and so and and it's you know there is still the movie to contend with because that's actually more people's conception of it than certainly our forty year old conception of it, and that's fine. But uh, you know, as a character piece, as a bit of writing on a on a well uh, trod character. Um, you know, and there are bits of it that were really kind of just fun. Uh, he's wearing bunny slippers at his party for some reason. Uh, <laughs> Pat- Patsy Walker, uh, while not in her costume, is definitely wearing an outfit that is evocative of her costume, which is mm-hmm. funny. Um, and very comic booky. Uh, you know, you got you got one big silly uh, uh villain at the end, the unicorn. You know that which is which has become a comic book trope to sort of bring back an old sort of. 70s era goofy com- you know super villain mm-hmm. and make it funny uh you know and then there's a scientist who is seems to be behind all of it uh, and then we've we've bookended the story on a couple of buckminster fuller quotes which you know that's that's a stretch so i like the mustache mm-hmm. which is you know it's they never really settle on mustache or goatee because it depends on who's drawing him mustache. but like in another comic this week he was wearing oh and thor he's got a mustache um I like the mustache. Mm-hmm. I like the economics of sort of rebooting him. So when he moves to New York, Janet, his girlfriend, the watch, shows up, just breaks up with him, and then leaves. So it's like, get that out of the way. Doesn't we even op- grow up. Stays <laughs> tiny size. We open the door for him and Patsy Walker to have a relationship. Um, and then I, it's it's a fun team up to have someone like Iron Man and Hellcat who are completely opposite in terms of power sets and abilities to to be in team ups and she's fun because she doesn't she's not dazzled by his tony starkness you know mm-hmm. she calls him on his bullshit and it's it's interesting and i like the art the kefu mm-hmm. art is good he's not like um, he's not my favorite style or anything but it's it's good you know i i, I finished it and i was like wow that was totally unexpected yeah and weird. i think that's why we're talking about it i think it just yeah. i was like all right it's number one and but christopher cantwell in addition to doing a fine show, which the the strength of was characterization and and yeah. character development, um, he's done some f- some real good comics. And I don't I don't know yeah. if TV's not working out for him. Or he really likes to do this, but uh, well, he's, I will... he's got another show. He's doing Paper Girls. He's still working. He's just it's crazy like because it, it, sure, but like most people don't take to it that well. It's certainly people coming from another uh, medium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I this was a fun. I don't want to say romp, but it was a fun. It was like it was unexpected and different, which is yeah. nice. And like you mentioned earlier, like he also did Doom, Doctor Doom, which I think, I think is coming out next week. Um, is that not done? Was, I don't know. And then that, but that book also was like kind of weird and unexpected. Yeah, you know, it, he 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 brings this like weird sense of sensibility to his comic writing, and I'm, by weird I mean not. The normal, like a lot of honestly, a lot of comics, you could just slot in, you could take the names off them, and you wouldn't know the difference mm-hmm. because they sort of all follow the same pattern because they're all referencing each other or for people who grew up reading. Like it's yeah. all, it's all very similar. And they're all coming from bad. the same place. This is like a very different view on it. Yeah, but not unwelcome. But also doesn't feel strange. It's still a Marvel comic. It doesn't mm-hmm. not feel like a Marvel. Comic. Yeah, no, not yeah. It's not so far afield that it's like this is crazy and groundbreaking. But but it, it was 
different and fun, which is nice. Because yep. Iron Man hasn't been much different since 2008. Exactly. And, and, and it's to the point that he was getting very uninteresting to me. I think. Let's talk about issue six of four of Billionaire <laughs> Island. <laughs> I love that, by the way. The final issue of Billionaire uh, Island from Mark yeah. Wilson's debut. So they escaped from the island at the end of the last issue, which was the issue after the last issue, and <laughs> two issues after the last. I just, I just love that they're just they're holding with that. It's great. Um, I, I really came to love this series a lot. I think, mm-hmm. uh, and at the end of it, I was getting all of the things that I wanted to get out of a Mark Russell book, and and Steve Bue being on there, uh, his former partner from uh, Flintstones. I think it took him too long to establish who everybody was and what the stakes are and what he was trying to say. But I think by the yeah. end we got to it and like the, like, you know, the stuff with the dog, who's the leader, you know, that's, <laughs> that's pretty classic. That's the guy who wrote Flintstones. Not that, yeah. not that he's ever not that. Um, no, but this book did, I don't want to say stumble out of the gate, but I don't yes. know. The second half was definitely stronger than the first half. Mm-hmm. The first, the, the four through six were better than one through three. Which is what you want. <laughs> like that's yeah, but I go. get the feeling that in one through three, I, st- I don't, it didn't really gel. It just felt like a bunch of scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't tell you what he was trying to say with, with the with the first three issues of the book. Mm-hmm. There's, it, it's it's clearer now. I don't know if this book was super successful, but I did enjoy reading every issue. Yeah, yeah, and I think in this one, like, I was a little bummed that now I know the world, I don't get to see more of them. Like mm-hmm. I, I was, I'm ready for more of this. It was really fun. By the way, the thing that made me laugh the most was, <laughs> "Hello, this is some angry guy on a motorcycle." It's a <laughs> blogger that they that they want to get their message out, and he's some angry guy on a motorcycle, and you know he's in like a, a huge. He's just you know one of those dudes with a red hat on, and he's inside a huge mansion, but sitting on his his uh, motorcycle, and then he goes on, you know. He, a terrible like uh, YouTuber rant from inside mm. his quote unquote tool shed while right. he's sitting on a motorcycle and it's just it's real he I think he Russell might be better at, at finger on the pulse without yeah. being too on the nose as any as anybody out there in terms of like comic book satire. Yeah, and you know, that was the best sequence because it starts out this guy who is sort of a Steve Bannon-esque character who runs the movie studio on Billionaire Island tells him, you need to get the message out uh, about AgriCorp. It's, it's way too long to get into the details of this. You need to get this message out. And he said, the guy's like, uh, I don't know, it's pretty awful what they're doing and people are angry about it. I don't know if I want to do that. So like, it's showing that there's some real humanity behind mm-hmm. yeah. the, the, these people who then go on, on TV or online or wherever I play characters. So then you turn the page and he's like, uh, lately, I've been hearing a lot of jaw flapping about Agricorp, mostly from journalists, scientists, and soft boys. And I was like, "Well, there you go." Yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. So yeah, really, right? I don't think I'd noticed that as a as a thing, but yeah, it's like this is a person who is playing their role, and it's destructive. But that's what they do because he's got a giant mansion that he can drive his motorcycle around in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's I like that. I like the whole recurring uh, CNBC you know, bit for this because the, the the stock was important. And then, the, you know, the whole time we, we've been referencing that this island is constantly scanning the net worth of their residents. And if you're not a billionaire, you get <laughs> violently escorted out. So when the stock market tanks, all these guys uh, suddenly are not billionaires anymore. So they start getting forcibly removed from their own island. And that was fun. Yep. 
Yeah, and right. by the end, you're like, we kind of knew the people. We know the journalists. We know the the revenge killer guy. You know who who shows up to kill somebody else who's wearing an alligator skin jacket. Um, is you know it's fun. It, it, it you know it, it was it was wacky. By the end, I knew some of the people. We knew what the stakes were. We we knew it what it was saying. Um, and it, you know it was really a. It's almost it's funny because if you read like his little bits in the back. It feels like he was halfway through writing the book when the pandemic hit, and like maybe that's the thing that focused him. Like, could and, be. And yeah. he was, I guess he was in Spain. It sounds like he was stuck in Spain for a time. Oh wow! I don't. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. But th- I mean, that is the exact point in the production of it when the when the book started, you know, ticking up. Yeah, that's f- complete speculation. Sure. And, yeah, I don't know. End it, of the day, totally worth reading. End of the day, yes, I think it worth reading even if i think it's uh, <clears throat> not one of his more successful works just because as a whole it wasn't as strong mm-hmm. but uh i enjoyed reading it yeah sure did, did you read um x-men marvel's snapshot number one i didn't it was one of the books that you added on here that i thought i should probably try to read that but i read other ones instead that you added on here um this was really good yeah this was, i suspect I it because you put it on here i was like i bet that's good I don't know anyone whose names. This is except, written by except, Jay. Except the letterer. Well, yeah. The legendary yeah, Tom Orzakowski. Yes. Uh, story by Jay Edidin. Art by Tom Riley. Colors by Chris O'Halloran. I know none of those names. Yeah, I had the same thought. I was like, who are all these people? Oh, they got a good letterer. That's, uh, that was my only thing out of it. So that's interesting. So what we know about these Marvel Snapshots books, and one of them was picked the week. Didn't you pick Captain America? I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. These are like, they take place in the Marvel's world... And there's just sort of, you know, they're, I don't know, it's an anniversary year. They're kind of doing this thing. It it doesn't really matter. This, so this takes place. um, The art is very much like Steve Lieber slash Chris Somney. It's of that style, like minimalist cartoony style. And then um, it, the story is about Cyclops who is, Living at a, I guess, a boarding school because his parents. Um, oh, he's in a state home because his parents are, you know, thought to be dead. That's how the, that's how Cyclops, you know, his there was the crash. His parents were thought to be dead. Him and him and his brother were sent to, to like group homes. So he's in this, living in this group home, and he's pretty unhappy there. And he's a kid. And then the Fantastic Four happen, you know, as 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 happens in the comics and in Marvels, and it, it changes everything for him. And what I loved about it was. You know, suddenly all these boys in this home are obsessed with superheroes or Fantastic Four. And so it's like it felt very natural, like, oh, this would happen. So now they're all wearing Fantastic Four T-shirts. They're mm-hmm. all scrambling to get the latest magazine that has them on the cover. And, mm-hmm. you know, they've got they've got collages on their walls. And so then Scott finds an obsession to, you know, he's he's very smart. He's very he reads a lot of books. It puts it sets him apart from the other boys. We're always like fighting and and you know hurting each other, and so then he start has he finally has an outlet for his mind, and it's superheroes. So then you see, you know, he starts in, in he starts uh, researching the invaders in the '40s and Captain America and Human Torch, and and it, it you start to see him going down his path to the point where his powers manifest, and it just it's just this really nice character study of Scott Summers and his brain, and sort of the effect of the age of the superhero on adolescent boys. Um, and it's it looked really terrific. interesting. Yeah, it was really good. Huh. Um, and then it you know jumps to the to the present day where he's, you know, Cyclops and leading a team. And does he have the know. stupid mask on? 
It's the no, no. This is like '90s Cyclops, oh, like real Cyclops, like with the uh, the weird belt across his chest that goes around his neck and okay. the little little jacket. That's fine. this is totally '90s Cyclops, and so it, it it and then he has this conversation with with Reed Richards in it because you know by this point they're they're, they're compatriots. So it was just a really nice character study of of um, Scott Summers and sort of how you know the whole Marvels thing when it first came out was. Sort of the street level view of the heroes, you know, the real the real world implication of of superheroes and regular people, and this is taking that tact where it's the it's the implicate it's the how these heroes affected these kids in this group home specifically this one kid who is destined to become you know one of the major heroes in the universe. It was really nice. Looked beautiful. And there wasn't so some twist where the other kid in there is the no no the just bad guy. it was just straight up just Cyclops figuring out you know figuring himself out through the lens of becoming a fan of the Fantastic Four. Well, that's nice. Yeah, I liked and I liked, you know, there's not often a lot of crossover between the the, the families, and here it's like, you know, it's not some mutant that inspires Cyclops. It's it's Reed Richards. So that was it's it was really good. It was really good. Cool. And I, I read will, it. Uh, I wasn't necessarily it. going to read it, but I was like, you know what? I've been enjoying all these. So I'll give this one a shot. And I really liked it. It would have, it would have been in contention for Pick of the Week for me. That's awesome. I like yeah. that. So uh, uh, Thor number seven, which felt like a number one, uh, at least in the mm-hmm. new Marvel parlance uh, of the way that things go. You've got uh, Donny Cates with art by Aaron Cooter, still the the magnificent uh, Matt Wilson, and of course Joey S. of I don't know where he's from, but I assume he's also from New Jersey on letters. <laughs> Josephino, sorry. It's Could a, be. It's a joke about Italian letterers named Joe, because there's at least two. Yeah. Um, so, uh, 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 what did you think of this? Uh, I liked it, but I mean, I, I could see you know. There's, so they're coming out of the last arc, which was, you know, Thor with Galactus, and he sees his dark future with Thanos, and uh, Thanos having Mjolnir. Um, so here he's sort of girding for that fight so he is recruiting beta ray bill who doesn't really like him anymore because of the events of the last couple of stories to be his second in command who will keep him keep him honest and that was all cool what i was kind of rolling my eyes at was another story about mjolnir being too much for thor which i feel like has been the story for the last five years of thor well like, it's getting too heavy for me to lift and everyone else is getting lighter and it's like it's like this. It's like Doctor Strange and magic. It's mm-hmm. you know, for five or six years we've been telling the story of, oh, I can't use my weapon because, and it's just like, okay, just just tell a different story and let him use the weapon. Like I, 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 I just can get kind of bored by that. Couple things. One, it's important to note that this is part one of two. Yeah. And one thing that I, like, I feel like we've forgotten about in comics is that you used to be able to make a weird diversion and have a strange thing. And it oh, was for sure. one or two issues, and then so like this guy who's in the field, uh, you know, who's a mechanic or something, whatever I forget. Yeah, he's a know, car mechanic, and he picks up the the hammer, and he's got you know he becomes a Thor of a of a certain kind. Um, it's gonna be two issues. Like, and I, I remember being a kid, and there was a there was an issue of Thor, and it was uh, it was like the once in future Thor, or no, I don't know, whatever, it like went way into the future, and some punk rock looking kid picked up the Thor, the hammer, and he was Thor, but it was only like mm-hmm. an issue or two, and like, right. I, I saw that cover, and I sought that issue out, I mail ordered it, because I was like, I want to read mm-hmm. that story, and it wasn't permanent, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't six issues, it wasn't a thing that I had to live with for 18 months, 
right like we would now so like for sure right now i was when this guy picked up the hammer and he had his 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 well-designed costume, by the way. Yeah. Uh, his his costume goes on. My instinct is like, that's cool. I'm going to be real sick of this in three months. And then I <laughs> went to the title page, and I saw one of two, and I was like, great. You know, like, do that. Um, yeah. Other hand, uh, the thing you're talking about, uh, where it's too much for everybody, or there's the cost or whatever, I think that that's true, and I think it's tiring, and I think it's a valid complaint. My optimism here is that they seem to be leaning towards the fact that there was a reason that this was happening Mm -hmm. and so maybe they'll end it in this maybe this is the way to sort of get rid of that maybe it'll take too long it'll be kind of terrible you know but that's kind of okay i really liked beta ray bill in this i liked their uneasy truce friendship he beat the shit out of him before um but i like that donny cates keeps going back to beta ray bill um Mm -hmm. and i like the idea of of a second who is there to watch your ass, even if there's there's tension. That's it's, it's Rhodey and, and Tony Stark. Um, I, I, I Donny Cates is very good at writing Thor. We talked about this before. Yeah. Like I, I I enjoyed the issues. Just like I, in the back of my mind, I was like, we're still doing this thing with the hammer where yeah. Thor can't use it. Like, come on. But I I mean, I everything think... else about it, I thought it was good. The you know whatever's coming with Thanos, of course they're going to bring Thanos back. And um, I like the Asgard setup. Sif Sif is fun as Heimdall. Um, and this this dude who's now Adam. Uh, that's what they call him in the back matter uh he is fun the character the the mechanic and yeah i I liked all of it i like the ravens i like thor pranking tony stark i liked all of it Mm -hmm. just in the back of my mind i was like let's just do something else besides thor not being able to use me only properly i mean i I, it's i think that behind that is there's some zeitgeist thing going on where it's like uh we're not good enough but it's a marvel thing yeah it's a it's a marvel well, edict, I don't know. You know, maybe that's something that they all ended up talking about at their retreat, and you know, they they haven't wanted to get rid of it yet. Who knows? Yeah, I and it, it looked good. Cooter's just doing this yeah. arc before. Um, uh, who was the artist before? Uh, Nick Klein. Nick Klein's coming back. It says it yeah. somewhere. Yeah, it did look he returns great. Returns issue nine. Yeah, so it, Cooter's great. Of course, there's, there's there's awesome beards in it. When when you say Cooter like that, I think of the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> Cooter. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, right? That was the character? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Cooter. <laughs> so, I mean, let's be honest. My pick of the week would probably have been Detective Comics 1027, which is a, a proof that no comic company will ever miss a chance to make an anniversary issue. Ever. This is this is billed as the 1,000th issue anniversary of The Dark Knight in Detective Comics. Fair enough. Since, since he debuted in issue 27. And uh, so this is a mega 144-page a comic, and I'm not going to go through them all, but uh, it features uh, Peter Tomasi and Brad Walker, Brian Bendis and, and Dave Marquez, Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky, Ch- uh, Greg Rucka and Eduardo Riso, <laughs> James Tini the Fourth and Riley Rosmo, Kelly Sue DeConnick and John Romita Jr. and, Cla- and Klaus Janssen, Marv Wolfman and uh, Lupacino, uh, is it Emma Lupacino, uh, Grant Morrison and Chris Burnham, oh, I'm sorry, it's Manuela Lupacino. Grant Morrison and Chris Burnham, Tom King and Walter Simonson, Scott Snyder and uh, Ivan Reese, Dan Jurgens and Kevin Nolan, and then uh, Mariko Tamaki and Dan Mora. This was actually a really high-level amount of craft in this book. Like the, the, the teams I just mentioned, they're all at least there's at least one heavy hitter on each one of those teams, mm-hmm. and so, in some cases they're both. And it's it was a really really strong book. It's 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 a strong book when. The Tom King, Walt Simonson story is probably not even in the top five. Wow. 
Like it, it was very strong. Um, and each, each story sort of told a different aspect of Batman's life. So like, uh, the Bendis Marquez story is all about the Bat family. And then the Fraction Zdarsky story is all about his relationship with the Joker. And then the Rucka Riso story is all about the, his, the cops in Gotham and the, you know, what it's like to be one good cop, one good rookie cop amongst all the crooked Gotham cops. And, uh, the Tinney and Rosbo story is all about Batman's sort of supernatural adventures. It's, it's a team up with dead man. And then, um, you know, you go to, uh, uh, the Snyder Reese story is all about his, you know, cosmic justice league adventures. So you, you're sort of hitting all the different kinds of Batman adventures that you can have the aspects of it. I wanted to call out a couple. One was the Morrison Burnham story, which might've been my favorite one that, it's about this guy who um, decides it's in the 1930s who decides Gotham is out of control and he needs to become a vigilante to, to stop crime. Um, and he's going to be the silver ghost. He's made himself a costume. He's got, he's got his Tommy guns. He's, he's got the whole plan worked out. And then he goes to, on his first adventure and he runs smack dab into Batman's very first adventure from, from Detective Comics 27. And Batman saves the day, and this guy is just so deflated that he quits. It's like he never gets started because Batman appears. And it was just this really funny build-up to this guy, you know, running into the chemical factory, and Batman crashes through the skylight and beats up the guy, and, and that's it. He didn't get he did the Silver, Silver Ghost career's over. It was very funny, and Burnham drew, drew it really, really well. Um, it was just a really, as anniversary issues go, this was a really, really strong one. Really strong one. There's a couple that... You know, they always tie into what's ever happening. Those were probably the least interesting ones. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, the the Fractions of Darsky one was, like, in their goofy kind of manner that they that they worked together. But it also was really kind of dark and sad. It was about the Joker's never-ending torment of Batman and how hard that is on him and, um, and how it's never going away. And it was it was really good. It was really, really good. How do you feel about the format? That this is the, all the big issue in the anniversary issues. At least how they should be. Yeah. Yeah. All, they were always like this as a, as a traditionally as a kid was little mm-hmm. short stories by lots of people. All right. Yeah. This I, is find, what I look forward to. I find that I don't mind it, but I find it unsurprising. And I, I think I said this before. Like I just, I, and I'm not really even the audience for it, so it doesn't matter. Or maybe it's like some more connecting thread between them. I don't know. I guess there was in this one. Like it just always well, feels like here's this same group of people and they're each going to do a, a short story, right? Which is what they need to be. Okay, fair enough. Um, and the, I love that because, like we said, we we don't often get like the two issues run. Yeah, this is here. We get like a you know like a five or six page story from somebody, which is a different kind of storytelling. Um, and you get to see people don't necessarily normally work on the characters or haven't done it in a long time. Um, you know, like I didn't expect to see a fraction written Chip Zdarsky drawn Batman short story before. Fair enough. Um, or Tom King work with Walter Simonson or, you know. It's because Tom has excellent taste. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'll be honest. It's, he's, Simonson's getting to the edge of, of, of age and talent, but. Yeah. Uh, that was, that, that story wasn't great. It was all right. Um, it was, <laughs> but, but seeing them all together, like Jurgens and no, oh, Oh, sorry, this is worth mentioning. So the Jurgens and Nolan story was originally the Batman lead into 5G, which never happened. 
which we haven't really talked about in the show, but the whole initiative that Dan Didia was ushering in to change the, the nature of the DC universe and make the timeline longer and put the heroes sort of further in the past and, and age the original heroes out. So here they basically showed you what would have been, you know, for Batman, where some cosmic force changes the timeline where he is debuting in like the 30s instead mm -hmm. of now. So we get to see that happen here with with terrific art by Kevin Nolan drawing the classic Batman costume. Mm -hmm. But so that they just sort of giving us a little little taste of that. And I think they're going to put some of the stories out in like a sort of like a Elseworlds miniseries. But that that was like that that was interesting to see. Um, it was good. It was really strong. Dan Moore can draw the hell out of Batman too. That's good. That's cool. Yeah. So that was probably my pick. Anyway, if you want to help support this show, patreon.com slash ifanboy. That's the way to do it. It's the best way. It's the most direct way. We try to make the rewards worth it for the patrons. And one of the things they've done, the patrons themselves, is, is benefit all of you, all the, the collective listenership. So they've unlocked lots of shows. They've unlocked the books blows. They've unlocked the talks blows. They've unlocked the media blows. And if they, if, if we get enough support, if we hit our next stretch goal, we'll be unlocking G.I. Joe's blood. Or whatever the hell we call that show, which will mm -hmm. be a weekly, monthly something. I believe show. it should be GI Splode. <laughs> which <laughs> which also some... sounds like you've eaten something you shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah. It's a gastrointestinal track. That's a <laughs> there'll be a lot of really confused listeners who show up looking for help about for uh, Crohn's <laughs> disease. I don't um, want to hear this. <laughs> uh that's a show where that's coming out on some schedule, which we'll take a look at every episode of G.I. Joe, Real, the Real, a Real American Hero, the, first, the the main series. We did the miniseries during the pandemic lockdown, and we'll look at the main cartoon. And if uh, we hit that stretch goal, the very next stretch goal, which is on the heels of that one, would be the return of the quarterly barbecue video show. So that, those uh, that's content unlocked by the patrons for all of you to enjoy. And if you want to help get there, patreon.com slash ifanboy. T-shirt store, ifanboy.threadless.com. Our eight shirts are there. I found my logo, her and Pickley podcast ratings of one is Electro, GDAT, Nothing Makes Sense, Nothing Matters, and Stay Home and Read Comics. All those designs are available at com. Also, on whatever packaging and products they offer, you can get those designs on as well. com slash support. That's where you can help us out directly via PayPal. Again, if you're, if you're a billionaire like the billionaires from Billionaire Island, we also accept you. If you want to donate from your motorcycle in your mansion... It's easy to do at family.com slash support. Family.com slash Amazon. That's where you find our books, Blood books, as well as general Amazon link. And I think everyone who helps support the show, all of you keep keep the lights on, keep us in new equipment, keep us going. And we do thank everyone who does that. It helps the show. And uh, there literally wouldn't be a show without you. So thank you. That is true. That is true. Uh, are you sticking with Captain America? You still on me? I am. Yes. I know. Uh, I think I know your feelings on the series, and and that's fine. The I guess the real the reason that this is on here is that this actually did something to yep. change where we're at, and it is uh, they have finally, after Rick Remender aged Sharon Carter up, have aged her back down, so we can move along. It's been a long time. Long time. That was a long time ago. They played it out. This was all about how she felt, and then, but this issue focused a lot on you know, uh, uh, you know how she had missed out on stuff, which is sort of a similar theme to what happened with Jonathan Kent and the parents. Anyway, well, it's um, also a theme in terms of like, you know, stuff happening in DC with the missing lives. Like she, mm -hmm. she, she likes being older here. She enjoys the yeah. wisdom of older age, but <laughs> she missed out on the transition to being old. So. 
you know, as soon as that was happening, I was like, uh oh. Yeah. Like not a bad way because I I I think they they they've been long past due of aging her back down. But mm-hmm. as soon as that was happening, I was like, okay, she's going back to being normal normal aged, and that's what happened here. And I thought also the Bob Q art was stronger this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I in, I, in I enjoyed it. I think. I think Coates has found his stride on this is kind of, you know, that story that, that happened was kind of interesting. You know, the, the town full of angry men and it was only a, a few. There was one I rolled a bit. Which one? The Yas Queen. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Agree. Agree. That, I don't think in a million years Sharon Carter would say that. No, you're, you're probably right. You're probably and then, right. And then the bit about cultural appropriation, which is also stupid. So, um... I I I did like the part where she she said uh, I figured at least the men would leave me alone, the men didn't yeah. leave me alone. I was like that's funny. Yeah. I mean it, overall I've been enjoying it. And mm-hmm. Red Skull is coming back, so you know I don't know how much longer Coates is doing this. He could be doing it forever. I don't know. There's, I just saying I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, but he seems to be sort of putting all the ducks back in a row. Yep. So I don't I don't know if that's a sign of him wrapping up his arc or his run or if it's just where he's been going this whole time. But yeah. I'm happy she's back to being regular aged, and I'm looking forward to the return of Red Skull. Sure thing. Um, yep. Batman: The Adventures continue number twelve. Mm-hmm. This is uh, the Jason Todd story continuing on, and mm-hmm. I-, I was very much uh, at odds with um, the appearance of the book, which is like the animated series, yeah. and the yeah. absolutely savage crowbar beating. That was. 100% the thought I had in my head was there's this there's a shot on page seven of your digital reader because that's all you can be reading this book on where he he smacks Jason Todd in the, in the face with the crowbar and it's, it's like a thud and even Harley's sort of horrified and I was like I don't it's incongruous like I don't know if I like seeing these 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 drawings doing this to each other like it's a different it's usually pretty bloodless you know it's, it's usually pretty uh, sterile. Even in the and, death in the family, that the impacts took place off panel. Yeah, and yeah. so this was actually, you know, that was a gruesome scene. To, actually, I'm trying to. Was there blood? There was definitely blood, but all the wax. You know, we yeah. just saw the Joker. It was all whack, whack, whack off panel. Yeah, and we saw the results of it. But we didn't see like here where like we see the, you know, the the blood flying out of his mouth as he's getting smashed with the crowbar in the face. You know. It was tough. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm counting the wax. Eight. I mean, it's a lot. Over it was. It pages. was. It was genuinely uncomfortable. Like he's a kid, yes. and 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 even Harley Quinn going, "Oh, that's too much." Would seem out of character, but at the same time, I was like, "I'm glad someone's saying it." <laughs> uh, right. I, I don't. I don't think that I. I liked the. Like, I think you could have gotten there without that. I think it over. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely told us how you know i think it illustrated how how jason todd got to where he w- is in this story like in the present but it's i thought it was too much it i still don't think this was needed in this particular mythos i mean i realize that it's being written by the guys who created the mythos so they can decide but, but like no. i i don't necessarily need this in my animated series mythos yeah yeah no, it was, I, it was I, I mean do, do, do we sound like conservative and uh no it's just it's just it's it's just look there was there was blood in the cartoon Mm -hmm. there was you know death in the cartoon but this is sort of like uncomfortable cruelty Mm 
mm-hmm. that is not necessarily needed in this and it's a kid. particular particular world. Yeah. No, okay. Let's let's yeah, it was it was a bit much. Um what's going on over in Batman 99? I only want to mention Batman 99 and I know people have com- been complaining we haven't been covering this particular arc that much, but that's because it's just not that, that good. But I do want to mention that with the, this arc in, as a whole, but this issue particularly is just absolutely stunning work from Jorge Jimenez and Tomu Morey, the colorist. Um, so the whole thing, this is James Tinney in the fourth, Jorge Jimenez, Tomu Morey. This is the, the Joker War. I think this is the penultimate issue, which can't come quick enough. But um, every page in this book is just gorgeous. And I, I wanted to showcase a lot of it on our Instagram channel, but the problem is a lot of the panels are really like these long, page-long panels, which doesn't really work well on Instagram. But it's just stunning work. Really, really stunning. The, the, the art and the color together, um, this is really top, top-level comic book art. Mm-hmm. And it's really nice to see, unfortunately. And it's paired with a story that's less than compelling. But um, it's just it's gorgeous. I've always liked Jorge Jimenez, but this is like... This is like a leveling up of, for him. And uh, the cor- the colors of Tomo Murray are really interesting. You know, you get these like painterly backgrounds at times, and it's it's a nice it's a nice pairing of the two. They look really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. And so I'm happy to look at it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the story is, yeah, like I'm assuming, I am not reading it, but I wasn't expecting to be surprised by it. I'm guessing that's the deal over there. Well, it's- like we talked about it, it's just, it's just completely unearned out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's just, it's just not that good. So, did you read Heavy Number One? I did. I saw you put it on there, and I figured that there was a reason for that. So I grabbed it and I read it this morning. Well, I put it on. I read it and I put it on because you know we had that email a couple weeks ago, or whenever mm-hmm. it was, about not checking out some of the newer upstart publishers who have been hiring, you know, names from Marvel and DC. So this is Heavy Number One from Vault Comics, written by Max Bemis, who we really liked on Moon Knight, uh, with art by Eric Donovan. Colors by Chris Peter, Taylor, Taylor Esposito on letters. So I figured, you know what? I'll check this out. I'll give them a shot. And what I came away with was that it was about what I expected it would be in terms of art that's less than professional level, story that's somewhat derivative of stuff that happens in Marvel and DC. It's a little bit of Punisher, it's a little bit of Preacher. And then, like, and I'm, I like Max Bemis' work a lot. We, I really liked his Moon Knight a lot. But it was sort of like, it sort of ticked all the boxes I expected it to tick. Mm-hmm. You know, like, overly profane boss. You know, <laughs> like, it's just, you know, it's just like, uh, no, there was nothing really super compelling. So the story, the real, I'm just going to give a one-line story, then I want to hear what you thought, is that this guy is basically like Frank Castle. Uh, gets murdered along with his family by the mob, and instead of instead of well, he dies. There's even a joke about it. Instead of the husband surviving and becoming a sociopathic killing machine, uh, he he ends up in sort of purgatory, where he can't go to heaven or to hell until he does his job. Because everybody in purgatory has a job, and his job is to go beat up or kill people throughout the multiverse. And so he goes to kill like evil versions of Leonardo da Vinci or a school bully or you know whatever. And he's trying to get out of purgatory and see his wife again is in heaven. And then, of course, the twist at the end is that he gets everyone. Everyone in this job has a partner, but him. He finally gets his partner, and it's the guy who murdered him and his wife. Mm-hmm. I, was like, mm-hmm. I saw that part coming. 
from yeah. a, a bajillion miles away. Um, the thing, I, I, I almost moved this into the um, Long section. longer section because I had complicated feelings about it. In that, mm-hmm. it started, I thought, oh, it's kind of fun. It's totally wannabe Garth Ennis thing, but whatever. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was kind of fun. There were bits of it that as it kept going, it started getting more predictable. Like the as soon as they said, and you have no choice, know your partner is, it's like, oh, it's that guy. And I know that um, I know that they will address the fact, like, how are you even here? Because this is for people who aren't good enough for heaven, but not bad enough for hell. And certainly this seems right. like a hell person. Um, <laughs> and then there was an early on, um, like a pop culture reference. And I thought, was a okay, that's, wait, though. And I thought, okay, that's interesting what you're doing there. You're talking to me. You're obviously from the same sort of era. And then the floodgates started on it. <laughs> and it was too much. It was like, no, 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 no. The era of Kevin Smith is over. You cannot do. You cannot tell your whole story with postmodern references to other things, because there was a certain point where he said, and then he there was he was explaining what happened with his wife, and mm-hmm. the turning point of it was like, and then he decided to pull an Uma Thurman on her. And I read the page five times, and I was like, what fucking movie is this referring to? Yeah, I don't even know what that. I didn't. Know I think it's Kill, Kill Bill. Kill Bill. Yeah. I think. And then, and then later, the uh, the killer guy and his handler were talking, and and they were talking about. Oh, I forget. I don't remember what the movie is, but like I was like, this is too. Oh, much. Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I don't fucking know what that is. And then they got an argument about Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I was like, too, too much. Like I get what you're doing. I used to write like that, so I get it. But mm-hmm. uh, it bothered me, and so by the end, like. Like that stuff, plus the very predictable, you know, sort of bit at the end. Like I was with it. I really like the art, by the way. I thought the art was great. Really? I was like, I don't know who this person is, but this is a this is a this is a good good work here. Um, I don't. So I don't know if I will read it further. I probably will because I I do think Max Bemis is, is has got some chops. Um, this I think probably could have used an editor. Well, yeah, and I that's part part of my disappointment was I think he is a very good writer. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it, it just felt I mean, was there not an editor. I I I mean like they should have said some more, you know they should like somebody should have pushed it away from cliche in terms of like they mentioned the cliches again it's very postmodern to be like I know this is what this sounds like it was like well then don't do it, don't do it you know uh, I mean there's not an editor listed okay well then there's that or you know like. This the way that you're having them talk here. A isn't clear, and B is a bit of a stretch. Um, you know th- that might be how you talk with your friends, but like I can't write a story where their shorthand is the same as yours and mine and Ron's. I can't mm-hmm. do like it doesn't make sense, even if it's fun. Like, we get away with it on the show, but we bring everybody into it anyway. Uh, you know, wanted to like it, kind of like it. Had some had some problems. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna read. I mean, I don't know. Um... The mo- the point mostly is that this is this is about what I expected from these companies, you know. I mean, it's a movie pitch. It's about what I expected. It's like it's not quite ready for prime time. Mm-hmm. I I really didn't. There was a couple of stuff I liked about the art, but like, there's that one splash page in the beginning where he's punching the kid face. I thought it was terrible, uh, which is supposed to be like your big splash page on page yeah. four. Um, 
just not quite ready. I'm not saying the art, artist is not talented. Mm-hmm. He definitely is, but not quite ready for prime times. It's not somewhat derivative story. Um, you know, not terrible, but also not really overly compelling for me. But that's what I expected, and that's what I got. Mm-hmm. So, heavy number one from Vault. We'll see if we read more. I am not ruling it out, but it's Let, unlikely. Let's talk about a mid-level band <laughs> uh, struggling with their own shortcomings in the face of success. Patron pick. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. Any patron can vote to add a book to the rundown this week. You all chose Stillwater! Number one. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> I was, can we talk about that for a second? I was thinking about that scene as we were getting ready for the show today. Honestly, it was. Uh-huh. Uh, we didn't talk about it on the, on the media split when we talked about it. Almost Famous. but And then we're doing the exact same thing we just criticized Max Famous for, by the way. We did so, a show about take, it. Take that with a grain of salt. That's a good um, point. When, 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 when their manager's announcing the band, it's always fascinating that they hold on him after the announcement as the band starts playing, and he sort of totally deflates and has this strange sort of sad look on his face, and I've never quite understood what he's trying to tell us there, but I love that I can't figure it out. Well, that's nice. The Noah Taylor? Like, yeah, like what is what is the sadness, you know? Okay, is it that he's well, not on the stage with his, with his friends? Like is he he's the guy in the back who does the announcement? Like I don't know, but I like it. So how I would take it, and there is no correct answer, and this mm-hmm. is quite a diversion. Um, <laughs> how I would take it is that it's all an act. Mm-hmm. And he let the guard down too early. I mean, like everybody, I have seen, I tell you, here's, here's, my, here's my anecdote. Uh, many years ago, I worked on a game show. Mm-hmm. The host of the game show was Dick Clark. And before the stroke. And, 125 years old. Yeah, yeah. I have, I have, you know what? I have Dick Clark anecdotes. I'll make this, I'll make this worth it. I'll give you a couple of tidbits. And he would come out and talk to the contestants and, at the click of a button, and I'm not saying the manager's like this, but at a click of the button, he turned into Dick Clark. Right. Like his voice, his posture, the way that he talked to people, it was amazing to see in person. Mm-hmm. The moment that the filming shooting stopped, slumped back down, became crusty, swearing old man. It what was. We, we saw uh, that with Stan Lee. Yeah. It was amazing. But even more so, like, yes, yes, but like Stan Lee was just kind of tired. Like, Dick Clark wanted nothing to do with it. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. it it really it was it was fascinating to sort of watch happen. Also, uh they stole or took every single piece of food and bottle of water from the dressing room that I, that I specifically had to set up for them. Like Who did? every Dick Clark. Uh. Like they cleaned the place out. Took all the Ferro Rocher chocolates and all the <laughs> bottles of water, like everything. And no one ever does that. And then they had a they had a minivan, and he had some surfer dude that drove him around. I, I kind of love. Anyway, still water yes. number one. It's not about the band. No, or written by Chip, or about what I just talked about. Written by Chip Zdarsky, drawn by Ramon Perez, with colors by Mike Spicer and letters by Russ Wooten. This is from Image Comics number one, the Image Comics lobby. One again. By the way, if you are a patron and you're you're there, and there are some who are vocally sick of the Image Comics number one winning the patron pick, all you got to do is vote because there's. You know, you probably about ten percent of the patrons vote mm-hmm. on the patron pick, which is actually really high in terms of engagement. But uh, if you don't like the the results, just like anything, you got to vote. Yep. But let's talk about this book. Um, 
it's a it's ostensibly a horror book. So when I started reading it, I was a little worried, but it's seems to be the kind of horror that I'm okay with, which is not like monster based horror, mm-hmm. more like there's a power or there's a terror in the in the woods type horror, mm-hmm. which I'm okay with. Uh, which is funny because my all-time favorite show is about demons. Anyway, um, guy named Daniel, kind of prickly, kind of a jerk, gets laid off from his magazine job in, is in Canada. So it makes sense because Zdarsky's Canadian. And so is from so Perez. So. Yeah, they're both Canadian. Well, let's assume it's in Canada. Uh, gets laid off from his magazine where, job. Where you really can't shove a guy you work with. <laughs> and Because he, he got in a car, he shoved the guy he worked with. And his buddy takes him out to get drunk, to 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 get over it. And um, J- Josh did that for me when I got laid off, but I did it at lunchtime. Mm-hmm. And it was much funnier than what happened here. <laughs> um, and so then while he's hung over, this dude in a bowler cap and a Waller's mustache shows up and hands him a letter saying, you have an inheritance from an old, you know, like a long lost aunt living in a town of Stillwater. You got to go pick it up. And so they drive to Stillwater Every time you say that word, my head goes, fever dog. Um, they drive there, and that's where we find out that um, creepy creepiness abounds in the, in the town of Stillwater, which, by the way, is a town that no one around Stillwater seems to know exists. So, But the phone um, knew. The phone knew, but not the lady at the gas station. Yeah. Josh, thoughts? Um, first of all, the description of it and reading it, uh, plot-wise, up until the weird part, uh, is very similar to that Texas book. That Texas mm. Blood? Is that what it is? Like, it's almost the same. I mean, it's not his hometown, but he goes to this tiny little town, and everybody's fucking weird and is standoffish from him. And it, it's very similar to that. Same. The guy looks the same. Whatever. Um, I, I, this was briefly in consideration for Pick of the Week. I liked reading it a lot. I really liked looking at it, and I thought the mm-hmm. characters were well-written. I thought it was really well-written. In terms of a type of story, I'm not super excited about it. You mm-hmm. know, at, at the point where we got to what was, you know, the last couple of pages, it kind of lost me. But I really I, I really did enjoy it. I'm not sure why entirely. Um, and well, because I, I, I feel the same way. I liked it. I did like reading it. I enjoyed it. I'm probably going to read another issue. Mm-hmm. Um well, why? Because Ramon Perez is terrific, and Chip Zdarsky is a very good comic book writer. Yes, he is. We've, we we know this. Uh, we like his work, and he's good with characters. Uh, the characters here are interesting. You know, it, there's a. It's there's interesting. A, there's a, they really are interesting, and they're just short of being too obnoxious. Yeah, like there's a there's a real line that that TV like you know. TV and comics will do with like these cool guys, and and like they're just like okay, you need to notch it down. You're not Joss Whedon, and this isn't Sarah Michelle Gellar. It right. it's just short of being over the line, and I thought that was really impressive. Yeah, and you know, there's a there's a twist at the end which you may or may not like. That's interesting enough for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to spoil what's happening here because, unlike Captain America, there's probably fewer people reading Stillwater, but it's enough to know they go to the small town and they're not welcome there. And there's 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 a reason why because and there's a creepy supernatural stuff happening in this town, um, but it's just on the edges. You know, it's not like mm-hmm. it's in your face creepy supernatural. It's like unsettling Twilight Zone creepy supernatural. But it's also spoken about in a very matter of fact way. The, right. the sheriff guy, he's not being mysterious or aloof about it. It's actually very like, well, here's the deal. 
and that's why I have to do this, you know. I do think that the choice that they made near the end mm-hmm. uh, with the person in the face mm-hmm. am I being clear enough if you're yep, reading. Yep. Okay. I think that was a mistake. Yeah, I did too. But then because again, we don't know if that's actually... That's a good point. That's a good point. But yeah. I still think it was a mistake because I think the strength of the book lay in that relationship at this point. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe it is... Did they toss him on the fire? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it doesn't look like... Yeah, I think they did. So now, right. so now the dynamic is going to be between this guy who is all alone and all of the other people, and the only thing that made him uh, likable was mm-hmm. the other person. So because you, you, you you got to see this other part of him, and so now we're going to have scared, angry guy for at least an issue or two. And I'm tired. Yeah, of that. I'm definitely going to read another issue. Yes. If we're getting to the, are you going to stick with it? I think I'm definitely going to stick with it. Uh, Perez is terrific, and Zdarsky is terrific, and so far the the premise is interesting. Mm-hmm. So, Stillwater ratings. I'm gonna I'm gonna split hairs. I'm gonna say three point seven five. Okay, I'll say uh, three point five. Yeah. Uh, throwing you a curveball. Would were you gonna read this anyway? I probably would have. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd already read it before it was picked. Before it was patron picked. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to ask it every week. You know what? Ramon Perez book, I would have read it. I assume so. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, so that's patreon.com slash ifanboy. That's where you can vote to add a book to the rundown. But at the $5 higher level, you get your own superpower live on the show as we hurtle towards the end of the show because we're running along because there was so many books to talk about. We talked about more books than normal this week. Paul Wachter of the Philadelphia Wachters. Actually, I don't know if he's (laughs) from Philadelphia. I just like that phraseology. Uh, Is a human bullshit detector. Uh, and does he and, ping or something like ping? No, well, you hear what you hear if you are in his vicinity, or or mm-hmm. or he's he's you know you know he's could be watching you on TV. Uh, the the person who is bullshitting uh, will have a loud noise over their head that will just sound like bullshit, and everyone around them <laughs> can hear it. Now, it's it's not the same as lying. Uh-huh. It's not lying, cat. It's a right. bullshit detector. Bullshit cat. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> bullshit. And like, so if, say, I don't know, a politician or official was giving, yeah. you know, a, a statement on TV, <laughs> just, and he was watching that either in person or from a distance live. Uh huh. Bullshit. Does the sound drown out the speaker? It's loud enough for all to hear. Okay. It's not going to, it's not, it's not voice of God burn your ears out kind of thing. It's, okay. It's just, it's very definitive. Brad Briley can marinate anything. Instantly, <laughs> instantly marinate. Okay. So like, you know, if you're about, if you like, I don't really want to, you know, cook this chicken on a grill, but I wish it was marinated. He'd be like, oh. Oh, instant just, marination. Instant marination. Wow. Yeah. That is a problem. It's 530. I got to make dinner. Oh, no. I can't let this sit around for a long time. And you skip marination time is what you do, and you're just cheating everybody at that point. Yeah, but also, if you think about it, he could also maybe um, hydrate the body. You know, maybe you're maybe he has you marinating in a bath for a while. Okay. Or a moisturizer. I believe you know, those are kinds of... I believe those are different physical effects, but well, I, it's, it's I soaking, think you're trying to turn someone into a soup. It's soaking meat in water or liquid. Uh, it's a yeah, similar... but you have skin. <laughs> well, I sometimes, yeah. yeah Get right. in the pot, kid. 
<laughs> so anyway, instant marination, whether or not he 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 pushes the envelope into uh, weird human marination is up to Brad, really, and his own morality. But <laughs> You're conflating a hydration <laughs> and marination. <laughs> well, it's a similar, you know, soaking. Why do you situation. smell like beef? Like, no, I don't know. It's sort I'm of marinated. The, uh, I've been marinated the tri- in beef. The trifecta of uh, onions, carrots, and garlic. <laughs> you smell delicious. So thanks, thanks, Paul and Brad, for being patrons. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. And we're skipping the emails because next week's all emails protector, but contact at iFanboy.com is the email address. And I'll fly through these real quick. So what is come? Nope, that's already happened. So what has already happened? Booksplode, Pluto Volume 1 is our last Booksplode. We have our next one is going to be Pulp. And we have our one after that, which is the final Booksplode of the year, but we'll tell you that after the next one. It's definitely going to happen, though. And then Mediasplode number 7 is next week. We've recorded it already, but it's coming out next week. The main topic, Bill and Ted Face the Music. But again... About a third about of the tw- show. 20 minutes of the show. We did it last night. There's a lot more going on in that show. Uh, I could get into that more, but I'm not going to. Toxplode coming soon? Yeah. Uh, I, week I, after? I have, yeah, it's going to be near the end of the month or maybe the be- very beginning of October. Um, it's a guest I've never had on, and I'm really excited about it. So uh, I, I hope that all goes well and you get to have that, but I'm sure it'll be fine. And then finally before, this isn't in the script, but it's next week, episode 750. Oh, right. A couple of announcements about it. Number one, uh, we are recording Friday, September 25th at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, live on YouTube like we do the Hangouts. So if you want to watch the recording, if you want to have you know, a drink along with us, that's when we're recording. Come watch. Number two, if you want to get your email on the show, you have until the previous day, you have until Thursday evening at 6 p.m., 9 p.m. Eastern. Put 750 into the subject line of the email. And if you want to get in the show, you got that deadline. Just, we just need some time to put the show together. And then number three, unfortunately, our pal Ryan Haupt was going to join us, but he had a conflict that he can't get out of. So it's just going to be Josh and I. Sad because I wanted to have him on the show. He's great. But also because it's, it's, it's nice to have a third person on those long shows <laughs> who could carry the load. Again, Friday, September 25th, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. We're going to record live. It'll be streaming through YouTube like we normally do. You can watch it on our website. You can watch it on our YouTube page. Um, and the links will be on social media. So come hang out as we do a lot of emails. We've already gotten some good ones that I'm looking forward to talking about. So we'll talk about all that next week. Absolutely. You can go over to ifanboy.com to find all of our podcasts. You can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out by liking facebook.com slash ifanboy or following at ifanboy on Twitter or at ifanboycomics on Instagram, which also features the best of the week in panels, etc. You can follow us individually. C.S. Kilpatrick is on Instagram and I am J.A. Flanagan on Instagram. You can subscribe to our YouTube page, which I updated at youtube.com slash ifanboy yeah look at me I actually sent you the script and then remembered I didn't do it so I deleted the script and then redid it and sent you the script again snappy (laughs) this past week tote game bag part 2 and a 12 year old new comics preview mini so you can see what was coming out in in April of 2008 shocking that those ones don't get as much views as the other ones yeah that's that's shocking it's fine it doesn't matter it's, it's, it's all part of the artifact of what we used to do. Anyway, if you like the show, please leave a review on iTunes, or not iTunes, wherever, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is you l- listen to your podcast, if you can leave a review or star rating even, that helps people find the show. We, we appreciate everyone who does that. And that's for any podcast you listen to. You should uh, take a minute out of your day to leave a rating for them. It really helps. Even better than that is to tell your friends. Word of mouth is a great way to help spread 
the word about a podcast you enjoy because still many people do not listen to podcasts and that's, that's it's, it's still a, it's still a growing medium after all mm-hmm. these years so it despite, helps uh, to, despite everything that serial did for the, the the i mean they were the first one they were the they were the only one that mattered yeah that and then they went away never to return so that's it we're done mm-hmm. that's where we are thank you i'm yeah thank you i'm connor i'm josh bullshit <laughs> <laughs>